Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, June 30th, 2017, and we're at the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. So today we're reading from the big book and we're on page 62, the first paragraph, which begins selfishness, self-centeredness, reading through two, <clears throat> excuse me, two paragraphs ending, <clears throat> we had to have God's help. The first paragraph is only for context. We're going to focus everything on the second paragraph. Today's readers are Tenzin P on the 12 Steps, Lorraine W on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Lauren N, Mary Etta P, and standing by Linda T. <clears throat> the share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, June 29th, are for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, 10,099-1099. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10,101-1001. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer, our sole purpose. <clears throat> OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating <clears throat> can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P to read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P calling from New York area. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 
four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin P. And I will now ask Lorraine W. to read for us the 12 traditions. This is Lorraine W. from Pennsylvania. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such never be organized, but we, may be, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thanks so much, Lorraine W. How our meeting works. 
Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 62. We're going to read two paragraphs beginning with the first one, selfishness, self-centeredness, going through, ending with we had to have God's help. We're reading only number one for context, and the second one is where we will focus our comments. And we're going to get kicked off by Lorraine N. Good morning. Good morning, everyone, visionaries. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some point in time, we have made decisions based on self, which later place us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will-run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this self-centeredness we must or it kills us or it kill us god makes that possible and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid many of us had moral and physiological convictions galore but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. 
thank you all for letting me be of service today. Um, Anita, will you try me? Yes, I will. Um, this is my disease right here. I'm sure it's all of ours on the line. We wouldn't be here at this hour in the morning if we didn't know that we needed this. I know I do. Every morning I wake up and I'm still, I'm back into that self, the self that doesn't know that it's not all about me. I read this and I realize that I can't do this without God's help. I can't do this without God who speaks to me in multiple ways, often through others. And I remember his existence when I talk to others and I hear him or her or it or whatever you want to call your God through the messages on this line and through messages of all the loved ones that I hear throughout the day and I reach out to the newcomers that I speak to, the people that I hear that suffer the same way I do. I had so many convictions, so many, and still do have so many convictions. I thought I was right. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was the answer. But oh my gosh, am I so wrong in that I couldn't control myself. How could I think that I would know the answer for others? I'm humbly taught in this program, one minute at a time, how God's will is so important and how I don't have the answers to anything. I couldn't do this on my own as much as I wished it away. I knew I needed the help and still know every minute of every day I need the help of all the fellows on this line and with that, I pass. Thank you all. Thanks. Thanks so much, Lauren Ann. All right. Who would like to share? Larry. Chrissy G. Harlan G. Pamela G. Okay, Jackie wait, B. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Chrissy G. Barbara uh, E. Just a minute, please. Harlan. And, um, but I, there's a, one person I don't have here. Lori, Chrissy G, I mean Larry, Chrissy G, Harlan, Barbara E, but who are the two voices before Barbara? Um, Jackie B. Jackie B. Jackie B and Carmela G, or B, and Madam here. All right, that's a nice little number. Let's just stop right here.
So the order may not be exactly right, but it's Larry, Chrissy G, Harlan, Jackie B, Carmela B, Barbara E, and Matt M. All right, Larry, good morning. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. The, uh, it says, uh, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. So, you know, reducing my self-centeredness doesn't happen by having some aha moment at some, you know, time of my choice. That's been my experience. My experience is that God does all the heavy lifting here. So I put the food down. That's, that's absolutely imperative, right? Got to put it down 100%. I work the steps to the best of my ability. I follow the specific instructions in the big book. And God does all the internal work to reduce my self-centeredness. All I can do, you know, is, is be humble, open, willing to consent to God's presence and action within me. And for me, that means before I start this work each day, I ask God to take the wheel. You know, take the wheel, God. And then the next thing I do is I better get out of the driver's seat, right? I better, I better get in the back seat. And when I get in the back seat, I'm not going to be a backseat driver. God doesn't need, you know, my help in navigating. God's got that covered. I'm asking God to take the wheel. But I'm going to get in the back seat, and I'm going to concentrate on the work at hand. And that's the thing. You know, prior to coming into program, and even while I was in program early on, I don't think I, in reflection, I don't think I really recognized, I thought, again, that I would come to a place of knowledge and understanding, that I would reduce my self-centeredness. I would have a moment, some epiphany, some light bulb above my head that would suggest that I'm, you know, and that's, that's just not what's, what's going on here with this practical program of action. I take the actions. I follow them specifically. I follow them imperfectly. And God does the work. And, I, and then I watch it unfold. And it's, it continues to unfold to this day. Thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Anita. Oh, thanks, Larry Kay. Uh, Chrissy G., you are up. Thank you. Hi, it's Chrissy G., recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And I was such a good girl my whole life. Like, that was my, that was my, um, my MO. I just always tried to be good, 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 good. And it really didn't it didn't help me be less self-centered because all of my goodness and all of my, my good motives were really just to get me the attention that I thought I deserved from everybody. You know, can't you see how wonderful I am? Doesn't, doesn't everybody just want to be my friend and just shower me with adoration? I mean, that's, that's not what we're talking about here, that, you know, a philosophical code it judging other people and thinking oh well i would never do that you know that's how i used to live and it didn't do anything to change my self-centeredness at the core of who i am the self-centeredness is thinking that i know what's best and wanting my life to work out the way i want it to work out the opposite of that is trusting and relying upon god and letting him direct me and i used to get very confused about this 
when we talked about, okay, so if this is, if I have no control, if I can't change myself, if I can't rid myself of this self-centeredness, then I might as well just give up. Just, I just don't do anything. I just wait to be uh, sprinkled with pixie dust, as people like to say. And that's, that's not true. It says in the, in the 12 and 12, the AA 12 and 12, that we have to exert our will and put it in alignment with God's will. That's, that's the correct use of our will. It's when we put it in alignment with God. And that doesn't always feel good. It does take an exertion of my will to do that. It's, just, it's not lying down on, on my back in, you know, or in the fetal position just saying giving up. It is a surrender, it's a, but it's an active surrender. I'm, I'm exerting the food that takes an exertion of my will. I'm keeping my mouth shut, please God, when I would say something that would hurt somebody. So, uh, you know, this, this, is, this program takes a lot of action. It takes a lot of exertion of our will, but it's just the right kind of exertion. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Chrissy G. And Harlan G., good morning. <laughs> good morning, Anita, and thank you very much for your service, and thank you to Team Friday for making this wonderful meeting possible. What is God telling me in these two paragraphs? He's telling me something that he has been telling me since the very beginning of the book. He says selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. He does not say Food or alcohol or drugs is the root of our troubles. He says selfishness, self-centeredness is that we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation. He is telling me here that the problem is not food. He is telling me here that the problem for someone like me is the buildup of everyday human emotion. He doesn't mention alcohol in these paragraphs at all. Not, not one word is mentioned about alcohol. It's about the buildup of human emotions. And there's something here that better get my attention because I want to be that person who is the exception of the rule. And the exception to the rule is I need help from no one. And that is going to kill me. He says here in the second paragraph, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. That's a very important warning for me. God makes that possible. He doesn't tell me to pick myself up by the bootstraps. He doesn't tell me to go read a self-help book. He doesn't tell me to buck up and use my willpower. That I need help. I can't do this alone. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. And it says at the very bottom, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own willpower. We had to have God's help. The bottom line here is this. Nothing inside my brain, nothing inside my soul, nothing inside my heart is going to help me overcome 
the buildup of these emotions, that unless I call out to God through the working of these steps and work them as if my hair is on fire, no way am I going to get respite from the illness. No way am I going to get a quiet from the storm. That the Oreo cookies and the Doritos are going to shake me to the core of my soul and command my life to the point where I'm dead. We must or it kills us. I can't do this by myself. I must work the steps so a spiritual awakening will overcome me and the desire to eat will leave me for today. With that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Harlan G. And Jackie B., you are up. Jackie? Press star one. Hi, Jackie B. Can I be heard? Yes, thanks. Okay, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to the speakers and everyone that shared and does the service every day. I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx, uh, recovery compulsive overeater one day at a time. Um, this is amazing. Everybody who shared already already said what I feel in my spirit and soul. Um, you know, I'm amazed today at the human being I am because I work these steps every single day and that I can see uh, my higher power, which I choose to to, uh, identify as God, uh, work in my day, in my daily life. Um, Just from, like, finding today a sheer, a pair of pants for my my 15-year-old, you know, I was like, thank you, God. You know, you know what I need when I need it. All I have to do is be willing to be open and willing to say, hey, Jackie, get out of the way. Um, Just listen. Um, I was so good at identifying what people were not doing for me and what I thought I needed that I was miserable. I was over 373 pounds. Um, All I could think about is what was my next meal or how I could hide my meals or my candy so that nobody could find out what I was doing. Today, I know as long as I work the steps, as long as I'm present for everything and everyone in this world, one day at a time, and I ask that my higher power God walk with me every single day when I do it, I have clarity. It's not about what's in my purse or what's in my uh, book bag or what I'm hiding. I have my food, yes. I take care of the allergy by not eating those allergic foods. But I have to do the work every day. Um, Yesterday I got the biggest compliment um, from an outside source that they said, wow, you have had a mental transformation more than I've ever seen, not just a physical transformation. And for me, that's God. That's these steps. That's me stop being the martyr, but me being the asset to this program, to my recovery, to my family, to the guy that walks in the street, to the people on these phones. So with that, I want to stop and say thank you. Thank you for not giving up on me, Overeaters Anonymous, or my higher power, or anybody else in this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jackie B. And Carmela, what is the... I'm, say, I'm not sure your last initial. Carmela? 
Hi, it's Carmela G. from New York. All right, thank you. Thank you so much, Anita. Um, Thank you all for your shares. Usually I just listen in the morning, but this morning I, I, I had the need to share because I have recently re-examined why every day I wake up and I surrender to God and I say, I trust you. And I ask him, why? Why did you give this to me? Why? Why are you allowing me to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit? Because. I fought and fought and fought. I wanted to be in control. I wanted that driver's seat. I denied that I was selfish. I was in a caring profession. That entitled me to tell you how to live your life. That entitled me to be the boss of the world. And suddenly... I've been given this gift. I put the food down. I, I tell my sponsees, it's, that's kind of the easiest thing, putting the food down. But changing the madam full charge that I was in life, in everybody's life, in stepping on everybody's toes, but only through surrender and trust that I have learned every day to keep my mouth shut and accepted because as I was working the program in the beginning prior to recovery, I used to ask everybody, you think I'm selfish? You think I'm selfish? I'm not selfish. I'm a caring person. I love people. I do this, 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 and this. Well, this, 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 and this was for Carmela's glorification, for Carmela's satisfaction. And then she had to to feed the savage beast and keep that person soothed. Well, now, it's such a gift because God every day has put wonderful things in my life that I never would have expected would happen if I just trust and follow him. And I needed to share today because I have to say something very fearful. And I went to bed last night, and I say, I trust you, God. I know that you will be there and make right decisions for this person, and I will be there to support them. And I woke up this morning, and I said those same words. So I go on today holding the hand of God as I face the day and face what comes my way because God is my strength. And he's there. And if I just keep my mouth shut and listen and follow, he will do the right thing for me and all those I love. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thanks so much, Carmela G. And Barbara E., good morning. Good morning, and thank you, Anita, and thank you, everyone. I believe that this was definitely higher power talking through all of you this morning. Barbara. In 1996, before OA, I was self-centered. I gave lots of unasked for advice. I was selfish. I would manipulate you to get you to think I was better than I was. 
I did service because I wanted to be that person. I wanted the world to think I was wonderful, caring, compassionate when I felt just the opposite. I I stepped on a lot of toes and I too was shocked when they retaliated. I was a chameleon. If you said you believed in God, I believed. If you said you were an agnostic, oh, me too. An atheist, of course. Not that I really understood the difference and I'd have to go to uh, Webster's Dictionary to look up the difference between the two. Truth was, I wanted to believe, but I didn't know how to get there. I was now thin again, but I certainly wasn't well. Fast forward to today, June 30th, 2017. I have truly found my belief in my own personal God. My God is the director. I'm just a character actor, not even the leading lady in a play. This belief has allowed me slowly and imperfectly, important word there, imperfectly, to become a genuine, caring, compassionate, compassionate, tolerant, non-judgmental person. Remember, I said imperfectly because I am human and I certainly am fallible, but I am moving forward. And that's the important thing, that I'm moving forward. I get up every morning and I ask the God of my understanding to get behind the wheel of the bus and I just go where my God is willing to take me today and just do it one day at a time. My sadness is when Saturdays are here and I don't get to hear your wisdom. Thank you all. I hope to see you all at the convention. Bye. Thanks, Barbara E. And now we come to Madam. Good morning. Hi, Anita. Can you hear me? Yes, thanks. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. from New Jersey. And above everything, the alcoholics must be rid of the selfish just being left or it kills us. God makes that possible. For me, when I'm in the food, I am selfish to the extreme. I'm always looking to see what I can get from you. But either I borrow money or I borrow your time or I borrow something. I want to borrow something from you to get to say to myself, listen, I got something out of somebody. Uh, that's why I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make friends. I took hostages. You know, um, I was really just basically using people for whatever I can get out of them and throwing them away. Selfish, like I said, selfish to the extreme. It's not the way to treat people. People are humans and so on. I'm a human being too. And a human beings are fallible. But I'm learning now one day, to more, one day at a time every day to be more self, other-centered rather than self-centered and to learn to help others through what I do with my life. I'm learning through the partial care program that I go to every day. I learn through my therapy groups how to be kind and compassionate towards others. It's funny, I have to be taught this stuff. I should have I should have learned this stuff a long time ago, but the way I was raised and also those disease taken over at a very young age of me, I really only thought about myself most of my life. And uh, I, I had a lot of moral and philosophical convictions. I had a lot of mores that I came up with when I grew up. You know, don't steal from people, don't hurt somebody, you know, little things like that. But they never stopped me from the food. The food was always there. It was a constant companion that I had there to eat. And, I, and the food never talked back unless when I, unless, until I got sick to my stomach, then it talked back. But, um, you know, it's one of these things that I have to realize. I am not the center of the universe. This is not math world. 
And um, I have to realize that the, the, the sun and the moon and the stars do not revolve around me. And it's hard for me because I'm very egotistical to the extreme sometimes, and that's just part of my, one of my character defects, part of who I am. But you know what? Just for today, I'm choosing to be someone, I'm, someone that I know I can be, someone who's other-centered, who wants to help others and be there for other people rather than just himself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Madam. And we're, we're on page 62, the first and second paragraphs, focusing all of our comments on the second one which ends with, we had to have God's help. So who wants to Katie, share? Katie, Katie from Boston. Katie. Nessa R. Wait, hold on. Between Nessa and Katie G, who was that? Melissa C. Melissa C. Was there another one? Callan D. Pirini. Elisa D. Elisa D. That's what I heard. Okay, um, let's go with Katie G, Melissa C, Reva P. Um, wait, Katie G, Melissa C, Reva P, Elisa, Nessa, Nessa and Cal- Nessa R, and Callan D. Let's see how far we get with these. Thank you. Hi, Anita, it's Katie. May I be heard? Yes, you may. Oh, sorry, I was unmuting. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, starting my timer. So many beautiful shares this morning. Thank you. I mean, first of all, as somebody else said, like, um, the selfishness is what kills me, right? It's not the food. And um, I had uh, my first big book, Step Study Sponsor, taught me that um, eating or excuse me, my thinking becomes so bad that eating is a step up from how I think, right? So I'm going through the world not realizing that I am placing selfish demands on everybody, hating myself, hating others, and it gets to the point for me that eating is a step up from my thinking, and that is why it kills me because eating is not because food is not my problem, right? We always talk about this. It is my solution. And what I was really struck by today is that um, an extreme example of self will run riot, though I usually don't think so. And and who's going to teach me, right? Who's going to teach me what my selfishness is, what my what my self will run riot? And thank you, God, we have this process of looking at. Like I remember when I was first um, doing my my work, you know, thinking, okay, well, I want my mom to be a good mom. Well, that's not really very selfish, right? Like I we're allowed to want that. I want her to be a good mom without regards to her wants, her needs, and her capabilities. Or I want other people to be unhappy if I can't get what I want, right? That's not nice. Like if I'm looking at the world, about what the world can give to me, and there, I, didn't, I didn't think I was selfish because I didn't think that you know, because I had all the excuses, right? Well, if you grew up in my home, you would want the same thing. If you did, if you, um, if you had my childhood, if you, if you had my life, if you had what, if you didn't have my life, you would feel the way I feel, and therefore I'm justified to be this. So really, you know, if you're sitting there being like, 
well, I don't really know if I'm selfish, and this sounds really extreme. Like, for me today, like, as I continue to uncover, discover, and discard my selfishness, I continue to learn how internally, like, yesterday we're with other people, and internally I want other people, I want traffic not to exist. Like, what the heck? The world, according to KDG, I'm on the road, and people are driving slow. Well, come on, Boston. Get on the right page. This is KDG from Boston. Boston. But what I'm learning, right, is if I go through the day and I'm not pausing when agitated, I'm pushing when agitated, I'm killing when agitated, that by the time 4 p.m. exists, right, eating is going to be a step up. So, you know, I just want to encourage all of you, like, God will change us. And how does he change us? Not by wanting it. Unless I just continue forward, entire abstinence and doing the work. And the work is what connects me to God. And God is what shows me what, on a deeper level each and every day what my selfishness is. So I'm going to keep showing up one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Katie G. Melissa, followed by Reva. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, you know, so I must work to reduce my selfishness, you know, this is, and this is a daily task for me. Um, this is where I like, you know, progress, not perfection. This is where I could say progress, not perfection, um, and that it comes into play here. Because, um, you know, every morning I wake up, I'm still me again with my agenda, and I fall short, you know. I have morals, and I have philosophical convictions, um, and I get pissed, you know, when others don't abide by these rules of right and wrong. Like, I get really mad um, when people don't do what I want because I have morals and I have philosophical convictions. But, you know, the reality is is that I can't even live up to these rules either. You know, like, um, I know lying is wrong, and and yet I've lied. Um, And I know manipulating is wrong. And, you know, boy, I've done that too. And... You know, so I can strive um, to reduce my selfishness, but I need God to step in, you know, and I need help. I need him to help me here. And for me, it means that I have to be prepared to do a whole lot of things that I don't want to do, you know, or even like doing very much. Um, you know, because if I continue operating on what I want and what feels good, um you know, that's selfishness, that's self-will, that's me run amok, um, and I will wind up back in the food, and that will kill me, you know. you know. And so what's coming up for me today is that um, I lied to someone the other day, you know, so stupid. It was a small little lie, um, but that goes against my morals and my convictions, and um, and I have to live according to this this code. You know, I have a higher power when I pray and meditate and this lie comes up in my radar, um, that's God, you know, informing me and, and giving me help. Like I, the first thing is recognizing it. So God lets me know, you know what, Melissa, two days ago, you told something to someone that wasn't true. And now I know today I have to call this person. Um, I have to make amends and I am not comfortable. I don't want to do it. Um, and if it changes our friendship, um, then I have to trust that God is in control of that. You know, I must ask God to help me say the words. And and he knows I'm scared, um, but this is where I build my relationship with God. When I rely on him in a fearful moment, 
I find he really does have my back. This is where I do the work. He's in charge of the results. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Melissa. Reva followed by Nessa. Good morning. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, As we're reading this paragraph, um, I'm noticing the word entirely getting rid of self. And um, for me, you know, after working through the steps um, a couple of times, I think we, or at least for myself, you know, there are the glaring self-centeredness, self-absorption, resentments and fear um, are revealed to me, and then God removes those in his or her time. But when it says entirely getting rid of self, you know, there are very subtle ways that I can be self-absorbed. And even being fearful and staying in the fear, when I'm in any of that kind of state, fear, fear or a little bit of resentment or planning out my day and sticking to my you know, agenda and plan, um, I cannot be of maximum usefulness because I'm still, still into self. Um, even when I'm not doing the glaring things like lying, cheating, telling people how to live their lives, um, and it's so subtle and insidious. And the wonderful thing about um, living in recovery is that more and more is revealed to me so that things that were so subtle that I didn't even notice years ago are now uh, things that I can be aware of. And these are things that I strive for, to strive to live up to these uh, moral and philosophical convictions. Um, and I never get there. It's sort of like a limitless, um, it's a limitless goal, which is wonderful. Otherwise, I would not need to stay in this program. Um, so I just need to be on the lookout for little things because when I'm into self, I cannot be fully present for other people. I can't even begin to think about how I can be useful to them. And again, the reminder, I don't make myself this way. I'm here at the decision at this point on you know, step three, all I'm doing is saying, I got to do the work so that things will be revealed to me and then God can lift things from me in his or her time. And then I go out and I can be um, you know, present for my kids, for my um, people I work with. Um, and with that, I pass. Thanks very much, Reva P. Nessa, you are up, followed by Irini. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And, um, you know, the passage that spoke to me today are, uh, is the following. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. And, you know, when I came into, into OA, I came totally beaten, discouraged, and demoralized beyond belief, you know, and not so much because I was fat, which I was, um, you know, um, um, 70 pounds overweight, but um, because I I, I would see people in my life who had lost weight, and some of them even kept it off, and yet I couldn't do it, 
I couldn't do it. I tried what they did, and it didn't work for me. And I tried everything that I could think of, everything I was told about, and nothing worked. Some things kind of worked a little bit, but then they stopped working. And so I thought there was something wrong with me. There had to be something wrong with me. And I, you know, of course, I didn't realize that there was something wrong with me physically. I thought it was something else. I thought that I lacked self-respect. I lacked moral character. I lacked willpower. I, you know, I was just a, a moral detective. And, you know, then I came into the room and I, I heard, you have a threefold disease, physical, spiritual, and, uh, and uh, mental, I think. Uh, and and that's, that's all I learned. And that kind of gave me some relief. But as the years wore on inside the rooms, and I still didn't get it, that feeling came back, that feeling... Uh, with which I came into the rooms came back, like there's something wrong with me. I must be one of those who are constitutionally incapable. Um, and I, I returned back to that feeling of failure and doom, and, and it, it was hopelessness, but it was like a hopelessness like, hopelessness like I'd never known. Like this was the last house on the block for me, and it wasn't working. Like how horrible was that? You know, and then I... Uh, met someone in whom the problem had been solved, and she taught me. She taught me, you have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, and that's why all these things have not worked for you. There's nothing wrong with your knowledge or your willpower or your moral character. It is this. It is this that's the problem. And by by being entirely abstinent, I address the um, allergy of the body, and by working the steps, I address the obsession of the mind. And when I do this, when I do this, God transforms me into someone who doesn't need to compulsively overeat in order to cope with life. You know, I have learned, you know, by really cleaning up my food, by being rigorously honest about my food and my abstinence, and by working these steps every day of my life, um, that I can get through life and through life's difficult challenges without having to compulsively Um. overeat. God makes that possible when I do my work, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Nessa R. Irini M., it's your turn. Good morning. Thank you, Anita, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God for always taking care of me. I need and I had to have help from God, and mostly I want God's help. I really want it. And when you really want something, when you have a desire in your heart, God gives it to you. Because I just can't, period, and God can, period. Therefore, as a team, we can do a lot of things together. And that that means that I can, only through the power of God. It's like a paradox. When I admit that I'm powerless, then what happens is I become empowered by the grace of God because I'm admitting and acting that I have a great need for him. Because all action is born in thought, whatever and however I think it manifests in the way I show up in life. And even though I could be abstinent, and even though I could be recovered, my life is still going to be unmanageable. 
you know, I can losing loved ones or having health problems or having financial difficulty. How am I showing up with all these things? I need God to direct my thinking so I can show up as he would have me be and not how I feel like showing up because it's not about feelings. It's that knowing in the depths of my being that life is not about me, myself, and I. And it's always about God. It's about others. It's about all of you. It's about becoming selfless, to think of myself less and more about others. And this is not done by osmosis. This is only done through the grace of God going through these awesome divinely inspired steps And then, on top of that, living in these steps. And then God continues to rewire for me my mind. He continues to soften my heart. And that continual filling of my soul only comes from God. So there's no destination here. There's no graduation. Um, Wait until I become abstinent. Wait until I become recovered. It's about spiritual growth and leaning more into God and having that light become lighter each and every day. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks very much, Irene M. And Callan D., it is your turn. Good morning. Sorry, I'm here. (laughs) Okay, good. All right, good morning. This is Callan D. outside Philly. Um, Um, It says here... Many of us had more own philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. And I just think about all the years I spent in my disease before program, when I didn't know I had a disease, I thought that something was wrong with me and that my intentions were wrong because everything I was doing was honestly just making things worse. I was getting worse and worse and worse, and I was trying to get better, but I was getting worse, and it was so discouraging and um, I just thought that something was wrong with who I am and everyone has good parts to them and bad parts and and this is my bad part and I tried to hide it from people and I lived in hiding which created so much shame um, shame about who I am and I thought that I was just doomed and I was just this bad person and what this is telling me here is that I don't have the ability to change myself. So all that shame I feel, it's essentially wiped away because I have a disease and it's not me. It's not that I'm a bad person. And um, it's it's so um, encouraging because I can't change myself. Only God can. And psychology and self-knowledge, that stuff is all good, but what is my basic problem? My basic problem is selfishness and self-centeredness. And no matter how hard I try, I, I'll still put myself first each time. And this is why I need God, because only he can give me a new heart and new desires. And just as I'm powerless over the food, I'm also powerless over my mind. I have a mental obsession, and only God can remove that. And um, if I honestly seek him and if I'm entirely abstinent and put in the action each day towards recovery, he will change my mind. And it's a slow day-by-day process. 
that sometimes I, I don't see the progress. But if I look back on my year in program, I can see how much God has changed me and my mind. The way I think today is completely different. And I don't feel that shame anymore because I know I have a disease. It's not that I'm a bad person and that I don't have enough willpower. I have a disease and only God can save me from this. And he is my only hope. And for that, I am, I'm so grateful and I'll pass. Thanks very much, Carolyn D. And I want to thank everybody who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And I want to tell you the share ID for today's uh, 7 a.m. meeting, June 30th, is 10103, 10,103. We'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Good morning. Mary. From Virginia. Go ahead. Covered. And the big book, page 164. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And 